Welcome to SCORE podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the responsibility of sports for and within society. What impact should sport have on our world? Can sport do more? Who is responsible? To address these questions, we focus on possible solutions and desired scenarios. We break our discussion down in four parts. First, we describe the current situation. Second, we draw the ideal future scenario. Third, we walk backwards, defining the key milestones. And then we call for actions needed today. And we are your hosts today, Donata Taddia and Alexandra Volkova. Today we got together to discuss the future of sports events accessibility and what is the responsibility of international federations when it comes to this matter. Our guest today is Jose Soares. Welcome, Jose. To score podcast. Jose is the founder and chief association executive of Football for All Leadership Program and Integrated Dreams Association. His program's mission is to educate football managers with different types of disabilities all around Europe. Jose is really moved by the cause of sport accessibility for all types of population in the sports industry, spectators, participants, and workers. Jose, have we missed anything? No, everything is great. And thank you very much for this kind introduction and for the opportunity to, to join you this afternoon. And it's really great, great honor to be here and to be, to be joining the SCORE podcast and, and to share like a project that is my work, but more, much more than my work is my passion. It's something in, in, it's a cause in, real, in which I really believe and in, in which I really like to give all the hours of my of my day for for this passion and 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 to make sports the sports world accessible or at least a little bit more accessible for everyone so that everyone can enjoy this passion for sports great and with this being said i suggest we move straight to the part 1 of our conversation So, Jose, can you explain us what international federations are doing now to make the sport sport events accessible, and why is it important? Thank you, Sasha. No, it's a it's a great question. It's um it's really an important topic nowadays, and and I think first it's when we talk about accessibilities in the and in, in the sports world, we we it's in the first point, it's always a question of of human rights. I think it's a Everyone should have the right of access of, of accessing any sports event live, and and everyone should everyone should really like we shouldn't have obstacles to to feel this passion for the sports world. Like I always was a a big and I and I'm I always was and I'm currently a, a big sports fan and I love to attend to sports events to sports competitions. I, it's always a unique a unique feeling to be to be live at the stadium at the swimming pool at any at an indoor arena, at any any venue, and and it's really it's and, and and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be blocked to anyone this 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 opportunity to 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 access to a, to a live sports event and then on also on another context like when we talk about the main sports organizations like about the international federations that are organizations that are responsible for governing a specific sports in at a worldwide level we 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 need we need to consider these organizations as global organizations these are not an organization just for for a specific public these are organizations that should be that are global that are worldwide level that that should that that, that organize global events and that should be organize, organizations for for everyone that should be also global in terms of their of their population in terms of their of their fan base and 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 in this sense, they, like they, their events should also be open to everyone, and should and should be events where anyone can can access. And and with this, like I'm, there is also another another component that that I think we should also consider when we talk about about the, the inclusion of disabled people and the disability community in the in the sports world. That is. Is, is disability besides all the topics that we mentioned already should be also seen as as an opportunity for for them for the sports world and for the sports market in particular 
for the for international federations because when we talk about disabled people we are not talking about one or two people in the world we are talking about the group that is that that is more represents more than 1 billion people around around our planet and, it, and it's a group it's the biggest social group nowadays it's a group it's a group that represents as i mentioned more than 1 billion people so around 15 to 20% of the global population and it's a growing group even we need to think that with the increase of the life expectancy more people will will have will will, will live with the with a disability and and this is definitely a huge opportunity that the sports world and in particular the IFs have not only not only in terms of of markets and in term but also in terms of inclusion in terms of of innovation and in terms of fan base and also just to to conclude that besides the the group that is 15 to 20% of the global population we also need to think in the people that that are close to them for example i'm not a, a father yet but if i have a son or a daughter with a disability and they couldn't access to a sports event i wouldn't also go to this event i would never leave, leave my son or my daughter and this applies to sons and daughters but also to to friends if i go with a friend who is a disabled person to an event and he or she cannot cannot access this event probably uh, the IF will not be only losing this person but also myself as a fan and so i think that the time for for changing and the call for action is is now is, is now and, and there is definitely a world to be explored in the in this field Jose, can you um, tell us a little bit more details about where this number comes from, 15 to 20%? Because sometimes it's shocking for people to hear, but I'm sure you have a background information about that. No, it comes from the, no, definitely, def, and definitely. And it comes from the latest, the most recent um, report from the, from the United Nations. So these are numbers, numbers that come from at an official level from the United Nations. And Jose, you said that this is a growing number. So this is definitely something that international federation should be looking at. And as you said, that should be seen as an opportunity. This makes me think that it's not seen as an opportunity right now, right? So what are international federations doing these days to tackle this uh, subject? I think it's, it's still not, as you mentioned, Donat, it's still not... Um an opportunity things are step by step starting to change and i think the world of sports is becoming more open to to disability and start and start considering it more like um as a part of a part of the the structure of the of the sports world in particular this environment involving all the the international sports federations and at the moment as you mentioned is not there they are not there, there is still what we see is that there are quite a few already ifs that that already that are, that already include somehow disability for example we have we have various ifs that that already include their their para sport discipline within within their their scope we we could here be mentioning like just a few like for example the the cycling international federation uci already includes paracycling the international table tennis federation the international tennis federation world archery And, and and others there are, um, there are there are quite a few also there was recently created the association of paralympic sports organizations even with the with the objective of of gathering these these ifs who already include their their para sport that are quite a few already even more than the ones that I, i could even mention a few more but what i see nowadays from at least from my point of view is that when we talk when we match this conversation between ifs international sports federations and the topic of disability is still is still very much from the the playing point of view so from the point of view of including them of in, of including the, the their para sport discipline or the para sport discipline that is closest or more associated with their with their mainstream sport in within their scope and still not and we still didn't and here is where i think that the next step should be done is to is to pass from also the the playing point of view that is definitely important and has been creating a strong impact and towards the development of para sports around the world but also in the in the non playing aspects i think we need to the next the next step for international sports federations is to to make the match with disability not only from the playing aspect but also from the the, the non playing aspects and here i include like the fan experience in particular here we are talking about 
stadium or venue or like sports event accessibility, the employment topic, they are still, and here, as, as you, some of you might know already, I'm, I'm, our work, like the Football for All Leadership program is very much focused in this area of inclusive employment in sports. And, and I think there, there is still, at least from our point of view and our experience working in this area, there is still very, very few, there are still very few disabled people working or somehow involved even with their own entrepreneurship projects within the sports, the sports world. And also in terms of media, we need to, because when we think in accessibility, we, we need to think it on a broader concept. And, and here it's on the playing aspect where the, the, some work has been done. We, I wouldn't say we are in the perfect point, but some work has been done already by, by, by quite a few international sports federations. But now we need to jump for the non-playing aspects. And here we, I'm, I think mainly in employment, uh, fan experience and here all kind of stadium and event sports accessibilities and also the media the way how does the sports industry and the sports media relate with this population and even in terms of 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 the connection in general between the sports world and um and um and this group that is 15 to 20 percent of the global population and and about some positive examples in in this area more now focusing not so much now in the playing aspects, but more in the non-playing aspects. Here, I would say that definitely in terms of international sports federations, I would mention FIFA. And FIFA probably was the first international sports federation who, who, who definitely included like here stadium or, 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 or event accessibility within their, within their scope. And nowadays, we can see that FIFA has already one per, at least one person that is working full time in these topics of, of um, accessibility for their sports events. And, and then they, in, in their local organizing committees, they also include other people who are definitely focused and concentrated in promoting an accessible experience for, for all the football fans that go to their, their World Cups and all, all the competitions organized by, by FIFA. And even FIFA created here um, 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 was the first or one of the first IFs to create a, a strategy focused in, in accessibility for their events. And, and, and now we, it's even a good time to talk about FIFA because in less than two months, we'll have the, the men's football, the male football World Cup starting in Qatar. And, and we are very like, excited and, and looking forward because in terms of accessibility, Will definitely will definitely be a step forward in terms of of of, of accessibilities in in international main sport main sport events. Besides besides FIFA, I would also give here um, uh, besides FIFA that is definitely doing a great work here in in the in this area. I'll also give a word here too, and I think it's important to mention the work that has more recently been done also by, by FIA, FIA, so the Motorsports um, International Sports Body. So they, they have created a, a disability and, a, and an accessibility committee that is definitely um, a, a milestone, a, a key point for, for an IF. And, and, um, and even if this committee is quite focused also like in, in playing or in this case even more driving, <laughs> driving, um, driving opportunities for for disabled people. It also like as part of this of this um, of this committee. It also came out the FIA the FIA scholarship that 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 allowed for a disabled person like studying sports management to to ha to have an internship and to work in, and to work. So it was definitely a, a landmark in terms of employment for for disabled people in the and IFs. I would say it was even as far as I know. And here if I. But from the research that I've done I, I'm, during the last years was the first international federation to, to create a scholarship specifically for disabled people who want to work in sports to, to, to have the opportunity of living their dream of working in sports in this, in this, in this particular international federation. And also, they, also um, FIA has created an award for, to, to, to celebrate the most outstanding um, outstanding initiatives like in the area of accessibility of motorsports and and I know that now some some new things are coming I know that they, they have been studying the possibility even of turning the, the the podiums of their competitions accessible for disabled people 
And so it's definitely an IF that we th we should also give a word to them, and we should also we should also be happy for them the, the approach that they have been having in this in this field. And then there is another organization that is not a, not an IF, but I consider it still a an international sports. It's a it's a confederation that is that is UEFA that is also based in near near Lausanne, also based in Switzerland. That is that also like during the last years here in, in with a strong collaboration with CAFE, so the Center for Access to Football in Europe, that is an organization that has been doing an incredible work in the promotion of accessibilities in the main football events here in Europe. And UEFA in the last European tournaments, like here the men's and, and women's football um, Euros, also also the Champions League, the men, men and women's uh, football Champions League, as well as the Europa League, the Conference League, they have already like some some work developed in this area, and and um, and even together with Cafe, they created a document that is also seen as as um, as a, refer a reference in in this area that was the the guidebook for stadium accessibility also. So. So I'd say these are like the, the the international sports organizations that have been that have been working more in this field and and hope that that in the future we have more and more coming out because it's it's a, it's a matter of human rights of inclusion of but also of innovation and opportunity so so I think the path is to be done. <laughs> Let me summarize a little bit. So when we break down accessibility, we talk about one aspect is athletes and participants. So for them to access competition, so IFs could do more in terms of uniting together with paradisciplines, um, doing making their facilities more accessible. The second one is uh, the, the, the population of fans, for them to access, to arrive to the competition, to access the stadium, to enjoy the fun experience, uh, fun and fun experience. <laughs> And uh, the third one is uh, employees of international federations for them to create this program. And as I understand, we see that some federations advanced in it and the possible solutions could be to create a committee, to create a person responsible, to create a strategy. Um, so all these best practices and best examples could be used. And I think it brings us um, to the second part of our conversation. What do you think, Donata? Yes, and now it is time to jump to our next part of the conversation, which is our desired future. So, Jose, here we are. What future have you taken us to? Where are we? <laughs> Thank you, No, and we are in a good future, definitely. And this future is the future where, I would say, the ideal future and is where accessibility is not even a topic. It's not even a topic, and and is the and is the good future where where even we wouldn't need to be here talking about about this topic. So, and and because like this is what happens to disabled people is the same like with with non-disabled people. For example, if to go to um to a sports venue, we'll need to jump through a river and jump and and climb many many rocks and many mountains probably wouldn't be accessible also for people who don't have an official disability and and here as we made the, the our as we don't need nowadays to, as, we, as, as we don't need to climb rocks and jump to rivers and jump to to and jump to and and, and do any crazy thing to reach to a sports event but unfortunately disabled people still need to do some risky things to go to watch to their their football team or to go to any sports competition and and it's that that we need to that is our challenge for the coming years for the next 10 15 maybe 20 years it it might take some time but we need to we need to make sure that any person have having or not a disability can go to any sport event in as anyone can as in a without having any any concern or any bad bad experience or even or even without being being afraid of 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 anything bad that can happen for example if we want if if i want to go to a to a sports event i normally i go i i buy the tickets in the internet or or even sometimes in the ticket office uh, and i go by public transportation or i can drive my car and i just go and i it's not 
even a topic the way how I will reach the how I will reach the the venue. But unfortunately for for disabled people, it's still a topic, and the topic even and even starts before. Many times we think in stadium or venue accessibility, but the topic starts even even before that. Starts from the moment they they leave their home and. Even if the stairs of the building are not accessible from their home, it's already the first problem. And then if they don't have a public transport that can take them or a car or or if they cannot park their car in, the, in an accessible zone of the stadium, there is not even the point of having like a, a very accessible venue. And And my ideal future is where a disabled person can just think today I want to go to a football match or to a basketball match or to a swimming competition or to a, a volleyball match. And I just go, I buy the ticket or in where I, where I want or in the internet or in the ticket office or in a ticket agency. And, and I just go and enjoy with my, and I can be near my friends and we are near my family and we can just enjoy and have a nice evening, a nice or nice afternoon watching to my favorite sport or my favorite team. And that is my ideal future, where accessibility is not even something where we need to think or talk. We won't let you go so easy with that, you know. Uh, can you just defragment a little bit uh, so, so I understand? Now, with my experience working in football and going to the stadiums, there are um, a lot of quite old stadiums. And this problem is resolved with the human power. So people are just carrying the uh, wheelchairs, for example, or company, people with disabilities. And th this is this is solved, at least in this area and in this uh, sport. Um, but the venues are not ideal. But if I, we bring you to the International Federation of Sports Governing Body perspective, how do you see them functioning? What should be... how? Are they structured? So what the ideal future you're describing is a reality. And I understand you mentioned before, I also want you to bring back to what you said about global organizations. Yeah, we are talking not about uh, Europe and Europe-centered mm -hmm. processes. I Can you talk a little bit about the, the rest of the world? Uh, how do you see the ideal future for them? And how international federations are addressing it within this ideal future? No, it's a it's a really it's a really good and a really really important question. So, first going to them to the DIFs, like more in the broad perspective of the DIFs, the International Sports Federations. So here I I think the first the, there are two words that that came to my mind as 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 the next steps in order to to achieve the the ideal future, and these two words are are structure. So the we need to definitely each IF needs to to structure their and and to have in mind where they will put this topic within their 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 structure because sometimes the problem is that is even where in where will we place accessibility within the structure of our international of our international sport federations because sometimes they think this should be in the foundation or in the CSR but then this is not a topic, in my opinion, at least of CSR. This is a topic of opportunity, a topic of, of event management, a topic of, of even operations, event operations. And, and, then, and then the second word that I'm, and maybe the second is even more important and I think is where it, it will be the second word that will, that word that will lead us to the ideal future in, in some years is collaboration. And here... I think we don't need, there is a risk also that we need to avoid. And even the IFs that when they start addressing more and more this topic of, of event accessibility, for, they need to, I think there, that, and the, the, there is a big risk that is everyone building their own accessibility way. And here, I think we don't need to invent, to invent the wheel. We need, even because, for example, giving an example, many IFs, like many competitions take place in the same venues, for example, um, a, an arena like a, an, an accessible arena can can hold a handball comp world cup, a, a basketball comp world cup, a, a volleyball world cup, or a football stadium. Many times is, is is used also for rugby world cup, and the same happens in the in the opposite side. Even the the, the streets, for example, you see track and field like the marathons use, and more and more big sports events and more and more dives. Are using like the public, the public streets, like the public 
parts of the cities to 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 build to organize their events and here i think that there there is definitely they, they should work together because if everyone decides to do accessibility in their own way we will just will just become even more complicated because everyone we can all define different concepts of accessibility but but in the end we'll will be more expensive will be more difficult will and we'll be changing we'll be creating problems to each other and and in this case i think collaboration is 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 key and also collaboration takes us also to the, the other point that is a very important topic that is there is much more world besides Europe, even by far the, the main population globally doesn't live in Europe by far. And, and, and here, I think we, we, I think one topic here that is important is to take events to, to this, to the, to this, to this reason, regions, like, because events really have, have a lasting impact. Like we can see, for example, in the case of football, that. Is it like in the cases of, for example, FIFA and UEFA, their most recent, for example, FIFA, their last male football World Cup in in Russia led to one disabled person who was employed in them in in afterwards in, by the the Russia Football Union, and then this person organized a big big improvement in the in the stadiums access in the accessibility of the Russian football stadiums. The same in UEFA, like the Euro 2016 in in France made that many stadiums afterwards in France included the audio descriptive commentary. So I think taking events to other parts of the world will help to create legacy there. And then, and then I think it's also important to work on training, work on training of the, because the Fs, they have, they have, are the governing body worldwide, but then they have the confederations and they have the national federations. And, and at the grassroots level, like the Fs might contribute from a more global point of view and more from the view from the events that they can organize in different parts of the world and can generate a legacy. But then there, is, there are more infrastructures besides the ones that are used in top events. And here, I think that is important. A lot of like here, it's key training, training and, and having a strong connection between DIFs and the national, the national, different national federations. And again, collaboration, having even between even only in, in the world of one specific sport is important that the IFs and the NFs, so the national federations, all have a common strategy for accessibility and they all work in the same way. So otherwise will be will be more complicated even. So Jose, in this future, we don't need to talk about accessibility anymore. We have a strong structure and we collaborate. This is your ideal future. But let's be a little bit more specific. If we close our eyes and we imagine a perfectly accessible sport event, how is it? So it's a, it's a, it, it will be a great event, definitely. And it will be an event that I would love to follow live. <laughs> and um, no, so a perfect, a perfect sports event, I think we didn't achieve yet. It's still to, to come. But it's an event that where first everyone can, everyone can go without any limitation. And here, when I say can go without any limitation is even before reaching the stadium. So so starts from the moment that I, I think any person thinks and says, I want to go to watch to this specific event. And so the first step normally is to, when you want to go to watch to an event is to buy a ticket. And here starts immediately with digital accessibility because if the website is is not accessible, like um, if if the website is not accessible, that's the first problem that a disabled person will will face. And here, I think immediately, for example, in in the blind community and in, in the in the deaf community can can also can also face some problems. Also, also the colorblind and colorblind. It's for example, ten percent of the of the men worldwide are 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 colorblinded. So it's it's a and also 0.5% of the women are colorblind. So, the, so it's already a big group of people that might face problems. And, and, and it's not only buying the ticket in the website, it's understanding like to, to be able to, to choose, for example, the, the place of the venue or the stadium or the swimming pool or any venue where I want to stay. Like, and, 
and that's the and also the possibility of being in any part of the stadium because sometimes we see, or, or of the venue because sometimes we still see that disabled people can go to and here I'm talking more in people with limited mobility can go to watch to the matches live or to the competitions live but they they cannot be near their families they cannot be near their their they need to be in a specific zone of this they cannot choose the place of the stadium where they where they want to see even sometimes they are away fans and they need to be with the home fans that's that it's quite always a tricky situation and there many times so the first step starts from the moment you you want to buy the ticket and here digital accessibility is is key and there's a topic that is still far from being perfect in the sports world nowadays then then the second step is to go how can i reach the venue and here and here it's not only dependent on the on the event organizer or in the club or in the national team or in the or in the the, the if that organ it's a it's a topic that involves all the community and here the the, the cities the local cities are also key players and and here you normally we can think or or I take my car to go or I or or I walk if I live nearby the venue or I go by public transportation that I think is probably the most common way people go to to sports events and here comes the comes the second point like if the if the metro or the bus or the train are not accessible how can I how can I reach or even if they don't have accessible ubers or accessible Caps. How can I reach the venue? So that's the second point that we need to 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 think on it. Then the third point is from the 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 the, the point where where the the transport ends because the transport never ends in the door where I enter in the stadium. From that moment and here, it's a third point that includes collaboration here a lot between the the organizer of the sports event and the um, and the, the local authorities. It's how can I go from the place where the transport ends till entering till, till till being at my place in the in the venue? And here, for example, we see like some some one. This is even it's not an IF, but I think the example can be used. It's a football club, a professional football club. For example, Bayern Munich, like the their stadium, the the Allianz Arena in Munich, like the metro, the metro station is still quite quite far away from the, the main end, the accessible entrance for, for the fans. And what they made a really innovative um, solution that they, they use golf cars to take some fans, even some elderly fans, some fans that have like limited mobility, limited mobility. And so they can go by, they, they organize a, a specific shuttle that picks these fans at the, um, at the metro station. And I think it's around... A few meters still like 500 meters or one it's still a big distance and um, and they take them directly to the accessible entrance and that is a way that for example because it might seem not not a lot to walk 500 meters but for some people it's it's a, it's huge and, and 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 also and then there is the next step that is inside the stadium and inside the stadium there is still a, here we need to think in disability in a in a broadway i think we need to think in disability in the broadway in all the steps but in particular on in this one that is inside the stadium we need to think that there is sometimes a tendency that to think okay disability once i remember i was talking with with a person working for um, a main here again not an if but the main football club professional football club one of the one the clubs that plays every year in the champions league and he was telling that his stadium was super accessible because they have uh, fantastic places for for wheelchair fans and that is great and it and it's essential for wheelchair people who want to go to a match but there are more types of disability besides reduced mobility and here for example we need to think on the on the the blind or partially sighted sighted people and in the topic here of audio descriptive commentary even even in including an app that can help in terms of for example mapping the stadium so that the, the fans know where they can go to an accessible toilet where they can go to the bar where can they can go to the club the club store to buy a shirt also also even including like some like all the information in having them digitally so that blind people or partially sighted people can follow 
and know where they are going, where is their seat. Also, also the fact that also here we need to think not only, we also cannot forget the deaf or hard of hearing people. And here I ask how many I, in IF competitions, how many national anthems pass in sign language, for example. I know very few, even if none. It's very uncommon. Normally, the sign we all like to sing, or in the Olympic Games, or in the, the main sports tournaments, we all like we always like to sing our national anthem. But think in the deaf people that cannot sing it, and they are excluded from that moment. The same to colorblind. Even nowadays, for example, here um, colorblind awareness has been doing a great work in the most recent years. Even I remember was in the Euro 2016. For the first time, was in the semi-finals, was a match between Portugal and Wales, that for the first time they choose their, their, their kids, so the kids that they were playing, and even they have quite similar clothes, uh, colors, they, they choose in a way that they, they wouldn't make a, an issue for colorblind fans because it's quite embarrassing. If, and you know, for sports is so much associated with colors, with all this thing. We always even associate the colors. It's a kind of identity. But for colorblind people, and, and here we are talking around, again, in the case of men, it's 10% of the men are colorblinded. They need to, it's, it's very, it's not nice if you cannot understand which color is your team. The same, the same with intellectual disabilities, that, that here is a, a key topic. Like we need to think, for example, in people with, with autism or with similar spectrums, that they might not feel comfortable in a very noisy environment where fans are all singing and jumping all the time. And here, for example, one incredible initiative developed by, by NIF that will take, that in this case is FIFA, in the next World Cup, so in the next male football World Cup in less than two months in Qatar, for the first time we'll have the, the sensorial room. So it's a room where, where autistic people and people with other similar spectrums can 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 feel the match in an in an inclusive way without being without being scary or without being like not not feeling well with the with all the noise and all the, all the people together that is typical in in sports big events and then and then we also need to to think that not everyone goes to the stadium and even if the stadium is accessible not everyone will like to the go to the stadium like the same as for example i have many friends and who who are who are non officially disabled people and they love sports but they say i prefer to watch in tv and that is it is very it's okay it's a, it's a, it's a preference and it should be respected and here comes to another point is that we need to think on accessible broadcasting and and this is something that is still not in the point, like there are been some experiences, but not in the point. And, and we need to make sure that like the, the, by, by far more people normally watch to sports events in TV that in the stadium, only a minority goes to, to watch it live. And if you are, again here, if you are a, de a deaf or hard of hearing person and you want to watch to, you want to watch to, to your team, or your national team or any competition in TV, normally they are commentators all the time. We see sports commentators in all sports broadcasting events. And, and, but if you are deaf or hard of hearing, again, you, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you, cannot, follow, you cannot follow what they are saying. And the same with blind people. Like many people say that in radio, when they, they make the, 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 the broadcasting of, of the sports events, okay, blind people can use the radio. But no, the, what, the, the way how they describe the events in radio, how they comment it, it's not an inclusive... It, it's made for people who have a visual um, idea of the thing. So, so it's a lot to be done. But I believe we are here to change the world. And I believe we, when they will, will, will reach the ideal point where accessibility will not be a topic. It's uh, just to share a little personal story. Recently, I went to the concert and there was a sign language translator who was dancing and actually attracting much more attention than the, uh, the performer himself. It was super and it was just an amazing experience, even with people without disabilities. And you are right. Thank you very much for describing and 
uh, th this ideal of event and pointing to some disabilities that it's true, you don't think every day. It's true, there is a lot of focus for the people um, uh, with making events accessible for the people with reduced mobility, but there are a whole bunch of other disabilities that are totally ignored sometimes, even in the narrative. Um, and it's very important to uh, pay attention to, to this as well. Even and um, you, you mentioned already, sorry, you were saying something. No, 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 I was just saying, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but even, even the sign of disability, normally you see the sign is a wheelchair person, but maybe I think one topic to reflect is, is that sign inclusive? Is that how, because there are more disabled people than, than, than wheelchair, and even if wheelchair people should, should be definite, we should make everything to have, for them also to have an accessible experience, but maybe even a nice topic for sports events is to consider in a sign that can definitely represent like um, represent um, disability because because maybe that sign only includes a part of the, the the disabled people not everyone and sorry to interrupt no no it's it's very important to mention this but i think it's linking well to the next part of our conversation because we have an idea of ideal future, more or less, with all the rooms, with all your fan experience, with various types of disabilities. One question actually I had before, you mentioned about the Bayern Munich experience and uh, their actions about bringing fans uh, with some disabilities or with difficulties uh, getting there by the golf cars. So in this case, do you know about their experience or other experiences if you have to warn in advance and kind of pre-book this service or if this service is available as an infrastructure there so you arrive and you for sure, you don't even need to bother uh, booking it in advance? It, it's a great question. And in the case of, in the specific case of, of Bayern Munich, like at least the last time I'm, I, I heard from them, like was few years ago and the way how they build it was like a shuttle like so you didn't need to book it they organize like so basically they do this this golf cars do the both ways so metro metro station stadium and then go back and so it's around 10 minutes like they do it every 10 minutes and i think they started like two hours before the match and goes until the beginning of the match and then and the, after the match they do the, the same thing they so they take back the, the fans to the metro station and by that time, they didn't. Need, it wasn't a requirement to book it. So, so um, of course, the the population that used was more or less the same. But, but they um, they didn't need it to book it. So it was like a shuttle. You it was a free service. Also, it was a free service. So you just arrived by metro, and then you wait maybe five. And it was te every ten minutes. So you wait a little bit, and you you catch the. It's like a complement of the trans the public transport. At a different stadium, I've seen this service as well uh, was extended to families with problems that would come that would come with the with the babies because they face the same they face the same issue. You can't carry all the problems all the way up the um, uh, up the stadium, and I think it um, we start um, we we go to the next part part of our conversation and actually start moving backwards. What do you think, Donata? I think we've already started suggesting some steps and milestones, but let's be more concrete. Let's move ahead. Let's move backwards. So what are the important milestones in the pathway? So we are talking, Jose, I remind you from the future, going backwards to the present. So going back to the, going back to the present, like I'm, I think, so in future we should like I think the main objective I think should be that in this case like should be that every sports event or and here ideally we are even focusing in IFs but we also need to think also in in national events even in regional local events like grassroots any sports event is accessible for 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 anyone I think that that like that anyone should and this is something that is really touching for me because i love sports i i love to go to sports events and i couldn't imagine like having this barrier of having just because of of uh, of some steps or because of um, a transport that is not accessible or because um, the stadium cannot accommodate me and like 
I cannot even imagine, like, and I think that is our milestone is to make every sport event in the world accessible and that anyone who loves that sport can go to watch it. Yeah, that's. Thank you, Jose. Uh, I would like to bring you uh, back to what you said before. So in this ideal future, we have, uh, we have no limitations. Uh, we don't need to talk about accessibility, as you said. We have a structure and we have collaboration. How, what do we need? Uh, so we have no limitations at all. What is needed to achieve this absence of limitations? Or this structure that you talked about, or these collaborations, what do international federations or sport governing bodies have to do to reach these ideal scenarios? What is needed? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. And I think one of the first steps was given a few days ago. And because I think also, of course, when we talk in international federations, even if they, are, they, are, they have a different structure, but... I think we need to think in, in IOC, like, of course. And IOC, when we think, IOC is, is a little bit the umbrella of all these international liberal organizations above all these international sports bodies. And, and IOC gave an important step a few days ago in this, in this area that for the first time in their, in their most recent statement uh, regarding equality and uh, anti-discrimination in sport, they included the word disability as one of the key topics to be to be addressed, and this will lead us to 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 believe that soon, in a, like disability will will also be part of will also be mentioned in the in the Olympic chart as one of the the key aspects that cannot be not be forgotten in the in the sports world, and I think that is definitely like a little bit the kickoff for, and even this call today, this podcast comes in a really right moment because that just happened a few days ago. And, and I think, then I think it's important that, so I think here that it will be key that the IFs and the IOC and the international, all the international sports world stakeholders, even here I'm including also the, the WADA, I'm including... All, all the organizations, sponsors, partners, I mean, including everyone, they should join together and they should make a common path. So I think more than having 30 or 40 different um, inclusion or accessibility strategies, we need to have one accessibility strategy that is recognized by the International Olympic Committee and adopted by all the, the international federations in the sports environment. And that is followed by, by everyone because we need to have a similar path. We cannot, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, we cannot enter in the risk of everyone going in, in a specific direction. So that is, in terms of structure, is to join everyone together. Maybe it could be a great idea to start like with a meeting just to address the topic, how even to create concrete guidelines, even before working in the accessibility of the events. The first point is, where will we, where will we insert accessibility within the topic of of within the sorry within the scope of of the IFs because the many times we see that people want to do want to help want to change but this is a new world and they don't know how to start they don't know if if they should start putting this as more as a, a, a CSR approach or if they should have, do it more in the ticketing or event approach, or they should go more for HR employment. So I think the first point is to create concrete guidelines for, so that the, the IFs can start working in the incorporation of the, the, the accessibility in a broader way. And that is the first point. And then I think they, they, they and even here, I think the IOC might have also an important role. And then I think it's, important to collaborate like as i mentioned for example if an if an, if an international federation organizes for example the handball federation organizes the the handball world cup and then and then they use their arenas and they they make their arenas accessible if a few years after the basketball federation or the volleyball federation use the same arenas as it happened so many times to organize the, their world cup in the same place they don't need to invent everything again. Like they just need maybe to reach out to the other IF that made before there an event 
and and work with them in order to learn from their experience and to see even if eventually they can improve it but with the same with the same base and 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 this so i think that the first step is to define a space for accessibility within the ifs so and have make sure that they all accessibility is seen in the same pill in the same point of view by each if so that if you go to talk with any if they know what is accessibility and where should it be placed and then start work and then start working in accessibility procedure procedures and i know i, I mentioned this word many times here today but and then collaborate and then collaborate because if we collaborate at the point it will be easy to organize accessible events because like normally if i go to do in a, in a city that had an olympic game like a few years ago they will be prepared if i go to if i'm a football I want to organize a football world cup and i use a stadium that was used by the rugby uh, for the rugby world cup a few years before they will know how to work so i think that is is my i think that should be the path at least in my opinion I liked very much the point when you were talking about consolidating existing best practices. So, for example, if one venue held the event, um, they should replicate the same practices to apply it to the different event happening at the same venue or in the similar venue in a different location. Because it's true that sometimes we don't transfer knowledge or we don't know where to how to pack it to transfer it to another person. So some structure within this is, it's, uh, is needed. It's very interesting. Then <clears throat> the call for summit or meeting to, to collaborate. I wouldn't put it in a, in a, in a certain timeline, this. I'm, I'm failing on it a little bit, but let's just pinpoint those actions that can be taken. And actually, the order maybe is not as important. Although if we talk about today going towards the future, the most important thing is, as you said, is to um, consolidate this strategy, correct? <laughs> exactly. It, and, and to understand, like, to... To find a space, like a common space in each IF and even in IOC and in each, like, organ like let's say, international sports stakeholder, to find a common place for, for disability and, and accessibility within each sports international federation. And that so that everyone, when we mention the topic, everyone knows what it is and everyone knows where it is, in which part of their organization is incorporated. And... And from there can, I think, and, and then have concrete guidelines, concrete guidelines regarding the incorporation of, of, of disability and accessibility within the structures, and then concrete guidelines towards the preparation of accessible events and competitions and, and all kinds of initiatives developed by, by IFs. Because I think if we create, even, for example, could be very helpful, even like to have like a, a guidebook or a handbook where where the IFs, even people imagine if you enter in an IF, you know immediately where this topic is and where it's placed in the structure of the organization. And when we go to organize an event, where, how should we prepare it in the, with this component? Yeah. So I think that, at least in my opinion, that will be very helpful. I think it's indeed crucial to consolidate this body of knowledge and the best practices that are already being implemented. Now, I have a question. Um, there is a lack of knowledge uh, with, among international federations, but there is a lot of knowledge developed by other civil society organizations. You mentioned before CAFE, for instance. So what other stakeholders could support international federations in this awareness journey, in this knowledge journey it's a very very good question and a very very important topic and, and here i think that the ifs shouldn't do this this path alone even they should know with the organizations that already work in in this area that have the expertise even because this might be a new world for the sports the international sports federations but it's not a new world for 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 everyone and, and there are some organizations that have been doing some great, great work in this area. And, and here, I think, for example, in the area of accessibility, like, of course, CAFE in, in football and like comes, is the first that came to my mind. They have been being crucial to improve the, um, the accessibility in, in, in European and even internationally um, football stadiums. 
but also other organizations that have other kind of of, of know-how that should be should be involved. For example, I'm thinking here one organization that has a, a key role also here in some aspects is the International Committee of the Red Cross. Also, and then also we cannot forget that this area of accessibility is also an, an area changing every day because it's an area that is innovating and as it's an area that is still not perfect globally, there is always space for innovation and every year there are new solutions coming out. So we should be open to, to a, a, a branch, a branch of, um, of, of startups, of, um, of include innovative solutions that are coming out. And even here, like just very briefly, I would mention even that we are, we are launching like in, in the coming days, we'll be launching a new initiative that, that even is made with this purpose. That is an initiative that will take place next year. So in March of next year in, in Amsterdam, and that will, will join the objective here is to join sports organizations and here, including, of course, also the International Sports Federations who want to improve in this area together with startups and with experts in different areas linked to sport inclusion and innovation that will be from from 13 to 17 of March in Amsterdam, building um, innovative solutions to solve specific issues that the sports organizations have towards inclusion and accessibility of disabled people within their events or their um, or their structure. So, so even here, I also I also launch if anyone is interested and if anyone sees any issue that would like to be seen solved by 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 a group of experts in different areas linked to innovation, sports, and um, inclusion, they can always come also to us and we will be glad to 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 welcome like organizations because in this case the idea is really to to join all kinds of know-hows in order to generate a better sports world so so more news will be coming out in the coming days but this is also something that we are open to anyone who wants to improve in this area i think jose is to uh, jump into the next part of our conversation even before we want to go <laughs> before we went there but uh, so i suggest we go there right now So, Jose, about call for action, what can be done already today and who should enable this change? You mentioned many different stakeholders and uh, people who could, um, different parties who could participate in it. But if you say for the call for action today, right now, what would you say? No, it's a, it's a great question. And I think first, all of us have a responsibility in this topic, like we and we cannot say that the organization X or the organization Y is, is the one that should talk, work on this. Like we all, we all have a, a commitment to, to, to work on a better and a more inclusive and accessible sports world. And here, I think I, I normally I'm, I used to, to have always this motto that small steps lead to big achievements. And, um, and here... For for today and even before arriving to the ideal world where we'll not be talking about accessibility, but in a point where we still need to talk a lot about accessibility, I would say to start with small steps. So if each organization meditates in their next events and and thinks in what they could do in a specific small detail to to improve and to provide a better experience for the disability community might might be a small change for for an IF and even something that will not have a big logistic or a big cost but might be a big change for many many people that will be able to follow in a better condition a specific sports event and and here like these small steps can be from can be even start for example if you cannot already employ a disabled person to work in, in your structure but maybe you can have a disabled person collaborating with you uh, as in in specific events in, in specific components of your organization or even maybe you can have maybe even if you cannot employ already an a, a, an expert to work just in accessibility but maybe you can give training to one of your staff or to one of your volunteers just so that they they are aware of this topic and if any concern or any situation comes out, this person can solve it and can make a big difference. Or even if you cannot invest already in a, in a, sensorial, in a sensorial room 
for autistic fans. That is, is an incredible thing, but it's not the most cheapest thing in the world. But maybe you can buy a sensorial packs that cost, that cost 50 pounds or, or 50 euros and, and make, already, make already a big difference for intellectual, intellectual disability fans or, or, or people with autism or, or similar spectrums. Or, or even if you, if you cannot have um, a frequency for all the country to, to do um, an audio descriptive commentary of the, your sport competition, but maybe even here the pandemic helped us in, in some things and maybe you can do a Zoom call where, do the, where you do the audio description for your, all your, your, your blind or partially sighted fans. And even this topic of Zoom call, anyone should be ashamed because some of the big, big football clubs like Manchester City, for example, they used during the pandemic, they made their audio descriptive commentary for their fans through Zoom and or Teams. So, and it's something so, so easy. You don't need even to have a frequency. And of course, we all want to, to, to reach the ideal world where accessibility will not be a topic. And, and we, should not, we, we should not take that from our... Um, from our minds and we should we should we should not take that that aim from our objectives but maybe maybe we we can start with smaller steps and then we'll see that when, if every year we incorporate each of these small steps we'll see that at the point we made such an enormous difference in the lives of our disabled community and our disabled fans so so start with small steps is really my 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 recommendation and even if Anyone following this this podcast would needs any any support, any any has any query, they can come to us at any time. Also, cafe. I have I'm talking here on behalf of them, but I, I have I'm sure that they will be they're an incredible organization and they they will be very supportive. And other NGOs, like in particular, even some of them in in like at national based organi- organizations and focus in a national scope will be open to to help and to collaborate for a more a better and more inclusive sports world. Jose, you gave us so many inputs, but I suggest we wrap up here our conversation today. Uh, there is a lot that you said that uh, I think is worth mentioning. Um, first of all, this is a human rights conversation and we, sh- we should not forget about it. And it's also opportunities, opportunities for all the stakeholders involved. Uh, There are some opportunities that perhaps international federations and sport governing bodies are underestimating, but there is a lot to work on, as you said, also with these initiatives with uh, startups uh, to tap into new solutions. This conversation uh, is about uh, removing the limitations. So this ideal future has no limitations. And I really like that there is a structure and there is a lot of collaboration among the key stakeholders to drive this positive change. One final thing, uh, what I learned today is that there is a lot to learn. But I also think that our uh, listeners today know whom to talk to to get more insights and to get more knowledge. Thank you so much. Would you want to add anything to this, Sasha? Jose, have I missed anything? Just thank you for this opportunity and and for giving me the opportunity to share this passion and and this path that we on which all of us, as as you mentioned, Donata, all of us need to work to 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 have a more a more inclusive and accessible sports world. Thank you very much to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Jose. I also learned a lot today. It was interesting to hear about. Um, uh, what we always come back in all the conversations is learn from the best practices, learn from, from what already is done, do not reinvent the wheel. So I like the idea of um, doing it uh, and start acting, start to act from all perspectives, from the top of umbrella organizations, from the top of the top, start what you can do already today within your existing structures and do not ignore this topic and then involve external stakeholders that can help you. Uh, to move forward, this was this was very important. That what I've noted for me today, I have three pages of notes because I think we should summarize and <laughs> write it down somehow because it cannot just stay in the audio form. And uh, uh, I think uh, what 
was the most interesting for me is the word that you repeated 10 times or maybe 20 times, collaborate, <laughs> not to forget about it. I think it's very, very important. And within this collaborative mindset, I think we should wrap up our conversation today. And thank you very much, Jose, for being with us today. And I think this brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Check out our website, scoresport.com and our LinkedIn page to find more information about this episode and what we do and about Jose and what he is doing and about their projects. All main podcast platforms. Please rate, comment, and share. This will help us a great deal. Stay connected. And remember, nobody can score alone.